Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. very warm welcome to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the first Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, 
and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 6, beginning at the 16th verse. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba, and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbour and his friend shall perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the letter of Paul to the Romans, chapter 9, beginning at the first verse. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is overall God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither, because of the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
God, the strength of all them that put their trust in thee, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without thee, grant us the help of thy grace, that in keeping of thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A few years before I moved here to London, I was invited to lead a weekend course for the newly ordained curates of a neighbouring diocese. The subject I was asked to speak about was Anglican tradition, which was absolutely fine and entirely appropriate because that happens to be an area in which I have a very real interest and also a modicum of expertise, so I was very happy to oblige. I arrived at the venue in good time on the Friday night and sat down to dinner with those with whom I would be working for the next 48 hours, and we got talking. And I was utterly astonished to discover that 
of the dozen or so new clergy who were sitting at my table, not one of them, not a single one of them, had ever studied any church history at any point in their training. Up to that point, I had naively assumed that I was going there charged with a fairly straightforward task. But I quickly discovered that nothing could have been further from the truth. Because the biggest problem of all was not that these newly ordained young people, most of them were young, knew absolutely no church history. It was that they had no idea at all why that might matter. As far as most of them were concerned, tradition, even their own tradition, had nothing of any value at all to teach them. Because from their point of view, they were in ministry to be trailblazers and cutting edge, and by implication, dragging the hidebound old dinosaurs like myself into the modern era. I normally really enjoy weekend courses like that, but that particular one really was the exception. The experience felt to me like wading through mud, because not only did those young clergy not get it, but they were also utterly blind to the limitations and superficiality of their own attitudes and assumptions. In short, with one or two notable exceptions, the majority of them really didn't know what they didn't know and were completely unaware of their own level, level of ignorance and arrogance. Indeed, I was left wondering how many of them would actually survive in ministry long term, because as I know from experience, you need much deeper roots than that, much deeper wells of wisdom to draw from in order to do so. One of the really important things about Anglican tradition is that it looks to the authority of three things, scripture, reason, and tradition. And all three are of immense importance. Scripture, because it is the bedrock of our faith. Reason, because our intellects are God-given, and because religious belief of the deepest kind does not require us to leave our brains behind at the door of the church. Indeed, we cannot begin to interpret Scripture without reason, in any case. And tradition, because the weight and the wealth of human wisdom and insight over many centuries, guided and directed by the Holy Spirit, is what gives our faith its roots and instills in us an appropriate kind of humility. One of the reasons why I love this service of Evensong is precisely because it captures all that is best about Anglican tradition. It is calm and still and prayerful. Its music raises our hearts to heaven. Its liturgy is informed by the wisdom and the experience of former ages, and the poetry of its language transforms it into something that is of beauty in and of itself. In our first reading this evening from Jeremiah, the people are warned of the consequences of their departure from what the prophet describes as the old paths, the paths that will bring rest unto their souls. In other words, 
They have no respect for tradition, and it is that that will bring about their downfall. I'm not, of course, for one moment suggesting that we need to adhere slavishly to the things of the past just because they happen to be in the past. You will doubtless have heard the old joke about how many Anglicans it takes to change a light bulb, to which the answer is 43, one to change the light bulb and the other 42 to say how much they preferred the old one. That kind of attitude is of no help to us at all. Rather, tradition works a bit like a horticultural frame or cage. Used in the wrong way, it can stunt growth and prevent flourishing. But used in the right way, it can be the starting point from which new growth can develop in abundance. The answer is that we genuinely need tradition to help us to understand our faith and to help us to understand ourselves. Get rid of the whole framework and you may lose something of real and lasting value. It's very easy to assume that COVID restrictions apart, the level of freedom that so many of us enjoy today in more normal times, particularly in the wealthy Western world, in a whole range of areas of life, is all positive. We like freedom. I wonder sometimes if we recognize some of the things that we have lost along the way, however. It might seem an odd connection to make, but when I was musing on these matters, I found myself recalling a newspaper interview that I read some years ago that I really wish I had cut out and kept. The woman interviewed was very elderly. She was well into her 90s, and she had been one of the, the early leading lights of the Marriage Guidance Council, now known as RELATE, founded by a clergyman, as it happens, back in 1938. And she was asked by the interviewer what she thought about young people these days. Clearly, the interviewer was expecting her to disapprove of their loose morals, now that there are relatively few legal or moral constraints on what young consenting adults can get up to. But instead, this remarkably wise and insightful elderly woman said, mostly I feel sorry for them because they know nothing about the stages of intimacy. They know nothing about the stages of intimacy. The poet Elizabeth Jennings expressed the same thought beautifully in her poem, The Way They Live Now, which goes like this. You make love and you live together now, where we were shy and made love by degrees. By kiss and invitation, we learnt how our love was growing. You know few of these tokens and little gifts, the gaze of eye to eye, the hand shared with another hand. You know a few frustrations, seldom cry with passion's stress, 
Yet, do you understand the little gestures that would mean so much? The surging hope to be asked to a dance. You take the whole of love. We lived by touch and doubt and by the purpose of chance. And yet, I think our slow ways carried much that you have missed. The guess, the wish, the glance. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord of the Sabbath, your holiness bids us to be still and adore. As we marvel at all you have made, may your church display your life and love. Make us trusted advocates of your word. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of all your holy churches, and especially on Alison, our rector, Sarah, our bishop, Justin and Stephen, our archbishops. We pray also today for the Church of the Province of Myanmar and for its Archbishop Stephen, for the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Iceland and for its Bishop Agnes and for the Spanish Reformed Episcopal Church and for its Bishop Carlos. On this Environment Sunday, we pray for our continuing care of God's world and for the work of organisations and charities in this field. And we pray today for the work of the Archdeacon of Middlesex, Richard Frank, and for his personal assistant, Sue. Lord, in thy mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord of the Sabbath, you set slaves free. Raise up prophets to speak out for dignity and respect. Disturb the complacent and open the eyes of all to your freedom. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of the nations. Amongst them we pray for our Queen and for our government, for members of Parliament. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the Sabbath, your compassion allows the hungry to be fed. Challenge the hardness of our hearts when rules are blind to suffering and oppression. We pray for those charities and non-governmental organisations who provide support to those in need. We continue to pray for journalists around the world, and especially those who find themselves in harm's way in the course of their duties. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the Sabbath, you bring healing and release from all that would lock us in despair. Reach out in your mercy to all who call upon you. Anoint and cheer troubled minds with the abundance of your grace. We ask for your blessing on all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. We pray for any others known to us and all who suffer in body, in mind or in spirit. 
Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the Sabbath, you bring life and light to shine out of darkness. Remember for good all who have died. Remember before you the recently departed and those whose years mine comes at this time. In Christ, bring us with them to share in the glory of your kingdom. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, prayers these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. <laughs>